0: Hello and welcome to the Voices of the Vic podcast with me, Ben Aiton, and Mike Duffy. We are back with another preview for um, Watford Skybet Championship campaign. Um, This time Watford heads to the Coventry Building Society Arena on Saturday 3 p.m. kickoff against Coventry City um, but with me joining me on this um, podcast will be Mike Duffy and we've got a guest joining us as well um, we've got Glenn coming from the Sky Blue Hub which is a dedicated Twitter page for everything Coventry City and more um, so go check them out we'll plug their Twitter um handle later on in the show. Um, but first, Mike, how are you doing, mate?
1: Yeah, I'm doing very, very well. Hopefully, this trip to CBS Arena will be not as disappointing as the last one. Uh, me and you went to the last game there. Uh, for those mm. that don't remember or for those that have tried to sort of wipe it from their memory, we're obviously 2-0 up against Carf. Um a, a small outside chance that we may have snuck through the back door of the playoffs, but it was never gonna happen. And then we go and throw that 2-0 lead away and yeah, the uh, less said the better. But yeah, hopefully this time round is a it's a lot more different. Uh, and I'm just praying that we can pick up the three points. So Watford Twitter's a safe uh, safe place to go um on match days uh, after after the game then. <laughs>
0: Well, don't hold your breath, mate, because um, we know what for Twitter is like after a defeat. It, it wasn't even a bad performance um, against Blackburn. Um, like we created, um, well, it was more attractive football in last season. It's mm. just putting the ball in the back of the net. But I strongly believe that we carry on playing the way we are under Valerie Ishmael and implementing his style of play. The goals are going to come. We, we're conceding for the least amount of chances in the championship. Um I think we've maybe conceded the least amount as well. And then it, all of the, the stats are saying that Watford should be doing maybe better than what they actually are at the moment, Mike, aren't they? So I think it's just going to be sooner rather than later when Watford actually get three points and maybe put a bit of run um, together to move up the championship table. But it,
1: it's still early days, isn't it, Mike? Absolutely, it's early days. I just want to remind people that eight games in last season, Bristol City were second or third in the league. And what, they finished mid-table in the end. So, Rotherham were flying. Reading were up there. QPR had a good start. So, listen, it's early days. I'm not going to panic yet. And as you said, when that first goal goes in or when when we finally score again and when that first win comes or that first win since QPR comes, we can get a bit of a run together. Soon it'll click and hopefully we'll be on a roll.
0: So, so um, you've got to remember as well, Burnley, they didn't start the season particularly well um, last season. If anyone's watched their latest documentary on Sky, um, Mission to Burnley, I do recommend watching it, even though we're not Burnley fans. It's a good insight into a football club and seeing behind the scenes and all that. Um, but it, it took them to maybe about late September, start of October to actually get their um, rhythm, And then they just picked up win win after win, back to back wins, and they just didn't look back after that. So let's just not write off the season completely so far. Let's not be downhearted. Burnley took them a while to gel and get their team together and get um, Vincent's company's philosophy across to the players. So uh, I do think that we will be able to. maybe get a run together uh, but mike I, I know i jumped straight in with watford um related chat um, and that's what it's meant to be it's a watford related podcast but I, I know you you wanted to talk about something very quickly from um your personal point of view with something that may be happening in your private life
1: yeah so um for those that don't know i like to Well, like, I use the word like loosely. Uh, I like to do running events as as often as I can. Um, Let's just say I'm still feeling the effects of a good lockdown. Um, And, you know, I think doing YouTube, it's probably sort of opened my eyes a bit more as to how good a lockdown I've had. but I recently completed the Solio 10K in, uh, I think it was the start of this month. I can't really remember now. Um, my memory is terrible. Uh, and then I also did the Birmingham 10K in May. Uh, so to keep myself motivated, I always like to make sure I've got a um, an event booked in. So my next one um, is on the 4th of November, which will be the Nottingham 10K. Uh, and i've already sorted a charity out for that so that's fine but there will obviously be more runs as time goes on more 10ks i'd love to be able to build up to a a half marathon one day and bloody hell you know god forbid i might even touch a a marathon one day but i'm a long long way off that Um, and basically i just wanted to to put that sort of message out there that um I like to to do these runs for charities. The last one, the Solio one, I didn't do for a charity, but the Birmingham one I did for the Stroke Association. Uh, that's a charity that's quite close to my heart for personal reasons. Um, but I basically want to run for for charities that might be close to listeners' hearts, um, whether they're a big charity, whether they're a small charity. Um, you know, I I want to I want to do do things for them. I mean. You know, if it's a smaller charity, Happy Days, you know they might not get many donations. So, if you listen to this, um, please do drop us a message. You can drop me a message. My personal Twitter handle is here uh, at Mark Duffy underscore twenty eight. Um, and like I say, the one in Nottingham in November, I've already got a charity. I'm running for my best, one of my best mates in Birmingham. His sister's got um, a foundation set up um, in her name, so I'm running for that charity. Um, But yeah, any future events when I announce when I'm doing them, if anyone's got a charity close to their heart, uh, please don't hesitate to message me and I would love to give back in in that aspect and, and run for them
0: that's it and uh, fair play to you as well for wanting to continue the run I know how much of a slog it is and how much hard work you put into it so fair play to you um so yeah if if you are interested and want to get involved um and suggest a charity drop Mike a message on Twitter and it'll it'll more than um, happy to help out um, thank you for everyone who's watching tonight as well who's ready for the preview um, Pete from Uwarns TV and also from Do Not Scratch Your Eyes says hi gents hope all is well with everyone at the voice of the victim the big thumbs up um, hope you're well my, um, Pete as well keep up the good work on Do Not Scratch Your Eyes as well absolutely love um, the content you guys are putting out with um, your previews and match vlogs even though it's a bit um, delayed this week because um, there was a um Can't get my words out. Um, Carl was um, suffering with a hangover. Um, Sorry, I don't know what was going on with me there. (laughs) Uh, Probably too many ice creams earlier, brain freeze. Um, Yeah, um, and also loving the phone-ins after the match day as well to get your opinions across. Um, But we are here to discuss the Coventry City preview. Uh, Mike, just quickly before we um, accept our guest who's waiting patiently in the waiting room, Glenn, um, what are your thoughts on, um, obviously, this weekend's game against Coventry City? Um, They've had maybe a similar start to Watford this season. They're only one point above us in the the table. Uh, What are you expecting from them?
1: Uh, a completely different, you know, game to, to what was last season at the CBS. You know, they've lost two big-name players. Um, you could argue that we've lost two big-name players. You know, Pedro and Sar, um not here with us. Uh, Jocker and Hamer not there with them. Uh, I expect it to be a very different game as well um, in terms of the style of play. Uh, in terms of how both teams will set up. I'm sure Glenn will talk to us about that as well. Um, but ultimately, you know, we, we, we need to be looking there, looking to go there to, to get all three points. I know, you know, the, the old cliche is win your home games and draw your away ones. But I think for confidence reasons, we, we need to get points back on the board. And I don't see any reason why why we can't play the attractive, expansive football that we have been doing. And uh, we just need that one chance to go in. Even if it's off someone's arse, it doesn't matter. If it goes in, it goes in.
0: Where's where's Andre Gray when you need him for something (laughs) to come off his backside? Uh, (laughs) 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 Uh, But yeah, uh, we will now... And, uh, get Glenn to come in and join us. Glenn, thank you very much for joining us on The Voices of Victor. Really appreciate it. Um, so, Glenn is from the Sky Blue Hub, which is a Twitter account dedicated to everything Coventry City and more. And um, so, he will retweet um, loads of posts regarding Coventry City. He actually retweeted our matchday blog last year when we um, went to Coventry City.
2: Uh, so, really appreciate that. But, Glenn,
0: thank you for joining us. How are you doing?
2: Um, not too bad. Um, looking forward to uh, Saturday. It's it's going to be weird because we haven't got a Saturday home game for much of September now because of the way the fixtures have fallen. So, yeah, we've got a nice break afterwards. It's all like Friday nights or midweeks or we're, on, we're away. So, yeah, it'll be good. And first of all, i better apologise for not beating Luton in the final because I'm sure most Watford fans wanted us to beat Luton, unfortunately. <laughs> we tried
0: Don't but we think didn't you do would have good enough fan that wanted Luton to win that <laughs> um, so yeah we was all rooting for you um i was debating it whether to watch it or not because i, I just wanted to if i didn't watch it and Luton mm-hmm. lost i would have been gutted not to watch it and then i ended up watching it and i was even more gutted watching them win and, and the way they won it as well but let's not beat around the bush we'll jump straight into it and unfortunately we're going to have to start with the end of last season you narrowly missed out on promotion to the Premier League after a penalty shootout heartbreak in the playoff final to our arch rivals, Luton Town. What was the general feeling after the game? And could, did you maybe walk away with your head held high after such an incredible season?
2: Um, it was a case of if only. And yeah, it was really disappointing. Um, unfortunately, I knew Dabo was going to miss because the guys never scored a goal for us. Um, and I just didn't watch any of the penalties. Um, I literally sat with my head in my hands with my eldest son. Didn't watch it. And I knew as soon as he went up, he was going to miss. I just had this, and that's the worst thing. I, I think we we all felt as Coff fans, we should have been out of sight first half. Looting absolutely dominated us. There could have been two or three up. And somehow we were stayed in the game by hook or by crook. Then we kicked on second half. Hamers got on the ball. We started playing like we did against you. We played some really good football and we actually turned up. Hamer goes off injured. And then, yeah, then we had the goal that was disallowed by VAR. And you kind of think, we're going to get away with this. We rode our luck enough. And I think just it is a case of our luck ran out this time. Yeah. We'd had a bit of luck throughout the season and got away with it. We come back from 2 0 down against you guys. Um, the goalkeeper scored the 96th minute equaliser that basically meant we picked Blackburn for the playoffs. So, yeah, we rode our luck. And unfortunately, just the luck ran out. And, yeah. Much as it pains me to say, fair play to Luton, but yeah, I do look at them and think, yeah, what could we have done if we'd gone in the gone in the Premier League, and which what players could we have signed? Looking at them bringing in Ross Barkley and other people, you think, yeah, what 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 could have been? And I hate penalties, and Wembley isn't a place to be if you lose. Unfortunately, hate it. Right. Don't want to go back well, again. At, 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 at least your, your ground so.
0: would have been ready for promotion, unlike uh, <laughs> our neighbours up the M1. <laughs>
1: Exactly, I don't quite echo those sentiments of fair play to Luton, but we'll uh, we'll leave that there. Um, one man I want to talk to you about, Glen, is 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 the the main man, uh, the man in the dugout, Mark Robbins. He uh, he returned to Carve in twenty sixteen um, after Carve sacked Russell Slade. Some statistics I, I want to sort of read out or accolades, I should probably be called them. Um, EFL Trophy twenty seventeen, you won two one. Um, against Oxford United. He won promotion from League Two after winning the playoffs. Um, I actually, on a side note, um, went to both of the Nuts County games because my cousin was the matchday announcer at Meadow Lane. So he got us tickets for the Carve, um the one at the Rico and then the one at Meadow Lane as well. Uh, and Cov just were were head and shoulders above everyone else that season. Uh, one man that stood out for me was Max Beermut. He was something else. Um, you won League One in the uh, 1920-2020 season with only three defeats in the whole season. Um, he won LMA League One Manager of the Year and then obviously he guided Coventry to a fifth-place finish. Surely after all of those accolades I've just mentioned, Mark Robbins has got to be sort of regarded as a Coventry legend.
2: Uh, it's quite funny because whenever anyone like praises Mark Robbins to me, I always look back on the, t- the posts that come up every year after the day when we re him, where Koff fans are saying, why are we bringing him back? Because he left <laughs> us in the lurch. He-, he made an infamous line of that he bled sky blue. And then less than a week later, he johnned off to Huddersfield. And some fans were absolutely against having him back. They didn't want him back. But I just think he fits the club. I think he's such a perfect fit for us. He gets it. He, he saw Carver's unfinished business. And I don't think he really wanted to go. I think there was a lot behind the scenes that kind of forced, forced his hand. And yeah, there was a part of me when the pitch fiasco is going on and we get absolutely smashed 3-0 at Norwich and played awful. And he did a post-match interview and sounded absolutely broken and like he was ready to jack it all in that yeah the the alarm bells really started worrying that he was going to walk because i think the only way robbins goes is is he walks i, I don't think he's ever going to get sacked off i'd be i'd be amazed we could lose it we could lose every game the rest of the season and i can't i can't see the point of sacking him because the guy's just the best best manager we have we took we took us ages to get him Every other manager we've had in the meantime, we've had Chris Coleman, we had Andy Ford, we had Russell Slade, we had Tony Mowbray. None of them really did it on any consistent best basis like Robbins. And he has a problem. He finds a solution. He lost Jody Jones, the League League Two season. He was absolutely on fire. Changed the style of play, bought two kids. And and yeah, to County away, as you said, the 4-1. That's the best away day I've had with Cov. probably up there with one of the best performances, Cov. Putting in my, in my years, and I'll go back to 92 93 season, so yeah, it was really really good. And the guy's the guys a legend, and yeah, you won't have a Cough fan who says a bad word about him, to be honest.
0: Yeah, no, it's very highly rated in the championship. Um, I think loads of the championship teams, fans will all appreciate him and respect him. Um, he seems like a top guy as well. Um, two of your biggest stars from last season, though, um, have left, um, Kof. Uh, For big money moves as well. So, Gorka has ended up going to Portugal with Benfica. Hamer's gone recently in the last couple of weeks to Sheffield United. How big of a blow was it to lose both of them?
2: Yeah, um, with Hamer, Hamer's slightly disappointing because obviously went to Sheffield United and I think he could have done better. I think with um, Jokered going to sport in Lisbon, I think he was always going to go to Europe because his agent was touting him there. I think his agent got a nice little uh, cut of the pie of the deal. So he always wanted to go to Lisbon and they kind of pinned their hat on him and we we kind of could play a bit of hardball with him. Hamer I think he wants Premier League football because I think he thinks he's got a chance of the Dutch squad for the Euros coming up. And yeah, I think he'll shine. I think it showed It showed on his debut, he looked really good against Forest. I don't think he looked out of place against Man City. So, yeah. And to be fair, as much as Jokeres got all the plaudits, I think Hamer was the reason we made the playoffs. His performances over the last, like, six, seven games of the season, he really was, like, the one who, like, grasped the mantle, like Steven Gerrard did in that, in the Liverpool comeback. He just grabbed it and just changed his games for us. And... Yeah, it was really disappointing to see him go, and we haven't haven't really replaced him yet. And I don't know whether we can. I think with Jokeres, we Yokered. We bought two strikers in, and we'll see how they go. They're definitely better than we thought we'd bring in. But yeah, Hamer, I don't know whether we can replace him, and we're very short on midfielders, unfortunately. But yeah, the guy's a the guy's a legend. Considering he was the raving lunatic who get booked every time he put on a coffee shirt, to now that I, don't, I think he went twenty games without a booking, so that was unbelievable. And yeah. Yeah, he was—he's he's superb. And yeah, I'm—I'm I'm shame he ended it the way he did. I would have rather him ended it on Wembley and go. I think it was kind of the the Wimbledon game and then the Leicester game. Although he played well, I don't know. He came off in both games. Was he was he really committed or was he just going through the motions and not not on it as he would be? So yeah, at least with Yocres, I think Yocres, we all knew he was going. I think Hamer was a bit midnight waking up to that tweet wasn't much fun. <laughs> he's sitting
0: with um with Hamer, he seems like he's really got Coventry close to his heart as well. Um, I think on the, the night of the transfer, wasn't he out in the nightclub buying everyone drinks? And then I, I saw at your game at the weekend, he was actually sitting in the stands watching Coventry as well.
2: Yeah, he still lives local. Um, he's quite frequently out in Leamington, as most of the golf players are, they live over that way. So, yeah, um, he's good friends. I know he's friends with the guys who have the box because it's um, he was in on Saturday as Tom Grennan's manager, John Dawkins, who who they have the box there, and that's how he knows Hamer. So, yeah, he was in there. He had a queue of people wanting to see him. Um, he'd do anything for anyone. He's really good. He was really good for, like, stuff uh, off behind the scenes, like, stuff in the community, like, turning up to events and stuff. So, yeah, he's he's, he's kind of, once I think you've been at Cobb, you kind of fall in love with a club. A lot of people leave carbon, and don't replicate it and see how good the fan base is. Um. So, yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed, but, but part of me thinks if he absolutely smashes it in the Premier League, and even if Sheffield United go down, we'll get a nice little payday next summer because a bigger and better club will come in for him and go. And that's the same thing we're hoping with Jokeres. Jokeres has a good 12 months in Portugal. And all the Premier League club go, why on earth didn't we sign him? And so we pay stupid money for him like they did for like Darwin Nunes from Portugal, like 80, 90 million. And I don't know why people, bigger clubs, didn't take Hamer and Joker's office. I don't know why. I don't think we're asking for stupid money, really. But yeah, it's really a head scratching one that they didn't go Everton or somewhere else higher up the league, like Wolves and stuff. They've been crying out for strikers. I don't get why they are not got up. I wouldn't even think either would look out of place at Brighton or. Newcastle or somewhere like that. To be honest,
1: no. Well, I think he um, he was from Brighton originally, wasn't he? He uh, didn't he, he he had a loan spell. Um, yeah, was it? Twenty three. Yeah, that's it. Um, you mentioned there about obviously yeah, trying it to. It was on loan at Swansea. Didn't
2: played about nine nine
1: games. Yeah, I thought so. Um, you you mentioned about you know wanting to replace these players you've sort of not messed around or not waited on on trying to bring players in you know from the money that you've recouped for these um you you've you've brought in you know a lot of players for big transfer free uh, fees sorry you've got haji roy Ellis sims uh, milan van evrick uh, satamoto brad collins jada silva louis binks uh, and uh, Yassin ayari in the first four games of the season would, would any of those sort of caught your eye particularly,
2: more than the other? Uh, Thomas looks really good. I, I don't think we're going to miss Luke McNally. And there was a lot of Car fans were like, we'll keep Luke McNally at any cost. We, we'll pay whatever Burnley want. And we didn't We didn't want to pay what Burnley wanted. And he's ended up out on loan at Stoke. And I don't think we wanted to go down the loan route again. I think we'd rather have our own players. we kind of stuck with the loan players. So Bobby Thomas has done really good. Um, I like Joel Latter-Baudier. He looks someone who's really solid good leader, championship experience. Better than what we had last season. We had a lot of loans and we were youngsters. We've kind of stepped it up. Sakamoto in in flashes looks really good, but I'm not sure whether he's too lightweight to play the 10 role. And we don't really play with wingers and he looks like a winger. And we don't mm. play that way, play wingbacks. And Hadji right? obviously you've got his picture up, he looks like he could do a job for us and maybe be the potential replacement for Vic. I don't think Sims is. I think Sims is like the penalty box finisher. I think Wright's just got a bit more of the drifting from the left and like cutting in like Yokrez used to do without having the raw physical dominance, I think. But I think Wright's quite actually deceptively physical for someone who looks quite slight. So, yeah, they'd be the ones that I'd I'd pick out as the main ones. Uh, and Asari looks decent. I mean, anyone who tries on the debut to chip the goalkeeper from 70 yards with pretty much the second touch of the ball. And it, it's obviously got something about them. And I think there's possibly another three that might be in coming in before we play you guys, hopefully, because we need them. Oh, oh wow. Busy
0: of the transfer window for you boys then. Um, so, just quickly, um, one of our um, fellow um Members of the Voices of the I put in the questions into the group earlier, and he was like, uh, he threw back another question that he wanted answered. So, this is um, Cameron's question. He said, Do you think that having uh, money available um, this season has been a detriment, um, given Sims' early struggles and the fact that you've been shrewd in the transfer market before?
2: Um, I think the problem is there's always the price tag pressure, isn't there? I think what, what, when we bought Hamer in, he was like one and a half million. I mean, his underlying data and stats were absolutely superb. I think his assist, I think only Trent in Europe was better than him. But he was only one and a half million. So it's not, if it fails, then it's not that bad. Sims has got this thing that we've paid eight million pounds for him. We haven't. We've paid four and a half million with a lot on add-ons. If he scores goals and we go up, yeah, he's worth eight million because we get a hundred million or whatever it is. Now you get going up Premier League. So, I think there's a lot of this outsiders looking at Sims going, I'll cover paid 8 million for him. We haven't. We've done what we're going to do with a lot of our signings. It's loaded deals. The same with the Dutch lad. I think, obviously, there was figures of him talking about six, seven million. We haven't paid that much. We've just done an initial fee. And if he does well, you have like a sell on clause or you get add ons. Sims, I like. I think the problem is he's got this sort of style. That reminds a lot of co fans of Tyler Walker, who was had this like lazy ish demeanor, but he'd score goals. But when he was off it, he was off it completely. But when he's on it, he was really, really good. But he never was on it enough for us, he never got the runner games. I think with Sims, I think Robbins will give him that runner games, much like he stuck with McNaughty in League Two. And eventually, we reaped the, re- re- reaped the rewards, I should say. But yeah, I think the money thing is a bit, I think there will be pressure from the fans. I think the expectations have been raised, but I I think being a realist I look at it and say we had to spend the money because we overachieved last season. There's no way we should have been above Watford, West Brom, uh, however, Swansea. With, with With the signings we made, we barely spent a penny last year. We were basically a team of loans and we were basically held together by a, by a goalkeeper who had his best year he probably ever have, was keeping 20-odd clean sheets. Jacquez had the season of his life. Heimer had the season of his life. And McFazdine basically kept our defence together because he was basically kids. And without him, we didn't win a game, basically. So it shows.
1: Yeah, Ben Wilson did have a good season. and He uh, he wins the accolade of the most frustrating Opposition goalkeeper to visit the Vic for me last season. It, it was really, really frustrating his song racing tactics. But hey, you got to admire it. If it was our keeper doing that, I'd probably applaud him. Um, I, I just want to stick on topic with the with the man on screen, Ellis Sims. Obviously, you've got rid of Jokerets and Sims has come in. Have you had to change your style of play to sort of integrate Sims? Uh, we've gone to more of a two up top, which we
2: did. We kind of did and didn't last season. There was games where we went the two up top, which was mainly when Casey Palmer and Jamie Allen were out injured. And we kind of just went to a, went two up top, which was Godden and Jokerez. And then a three-man midfield, which would be Hamer, Eccles and Sheaf. This season, we've kind of gone to the two up top, which is Godden at the moment because he's the one scoring the goals. And then it changes between Hadji Wright and Sims. Um, I don't know which one out of Sims and Wright will start on Sat because Wright started the game against Swansea and did really well. And then Sims came in today and I think uh, so sort of came in for the Sunderland game. I think both of them work better with a partner. I think all three of them work better as a partner. I did think Hadji Wright might be possibly a lone striker, but he did a thing last night at a fans forum. He said he would rather play as, as a two with somebody else. So we've gone more back to it's like a two midfielders, Casey Palmer is our 10. And then the two up top, whereas last season we kind of just had Jokeres and then two behind in like the box formation that we've used really well. So I think eventually when our Howe and Allen come back, we might go back to the box. But I'm not sure Sims or Godden is really a lone striker at championship level. Right, maybe. Um, but yeah, we'd have to wait and see. But yeah, I think Sims in a two works, but he's just got to just, he needs a goal. If he gets a goal, I think he'll be fine. He had a really good preseason, and I was surprised he absolutely had a shocker against Leicester when he had one where he's clean through and he shanked it about ten yards wide of the corner flag, which is really bad. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think the guy's got potential, but it's just one of them. The longer he goes without a goal, it depends on the character of him.
0: I uh, look forward to him scoring against Watford this weekend then. <laughs> Watford seems to be the gift that keeps on giving. Um we we give it on the plate to people who haven't scored for weeks or haven't won all season. What for team you want to play against? Um but um from a commentary point of view, um is there any weaknesses in your side that maybe Watford could exploit this Saturday? Uh,
2: I think the wing backs we have do play quite high, so there is always space behind us. Um, I still think Milan's is getting himself back up into back to speed with the team. Jade Silva is very good going forward. Maybe not defensively. We've leaked a few goals down that side. Um and yeah, I still think the back three are still just kind of getting together and there is a good chance that McFazdi might not be fit because he took a hell of a whack as it went down, and he, and he looked like he'd done his ankle. He didn't move for a couple of minutes, so he carried on because he's that sort of soldier, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's not fit for Saturday, and we will we will miss him in terms of his leadership, whether he'd be the best sort of, it'd be a good game for him to miss against you guys because you probably play a bit more pacey attackers, which maybe is not his strength, as showed in the player final. If he gets 1v1 against anyone with pace, he can get done. as as Adebayo did when he just roasted him. So, yeah, that's my worry with Fasdine. If he gets pulled out wide, he gets exposed. Um, And probably we don't have the creativity without Hamer. I think Sheaf and Eccles are very, very similar. They're very box-to-box, but don't have that X-factor. So we rely a hell of a lot on Casey Palmer. And if Casey Palmer isn't on it, we're not as good as we were with Hamer because Hamer's got that x-factor pass or the moment of magic where he beats two or three people and slips it in with casey palmer it's still just not quite gelling yet and the way that it did like when we had callum Howe with godden and stuff they'd automatically pass the ball and it'd be right on godden's wavelength i think palmer's still getting used to sims and right so yeah we the last couple of games we have missed hamer and, and the amount of chances we created dropped dramatically
1: and now that Yacaretz has gone, I know we we keep going back to him. I promise we we're not being lazy in our research. You know we we we're used to it every time in lockdown, especially we'd we'd ask people. You know, who are you looking out for, and they'd say Troy Deeney and Chao Pedro and all that. But now that Yacaretz has gone, who would you say you, you, the danger money's for Carf? Who do who Watford fans and the Watford defence need to be sort of wary of on Saturday?
2: Um. I would say Godden, because uh, he is actually got in form. He had an absolute shocker against Leicester and missed some absolute sitters, which I can't believe he did. Um, but I think, yeah, Godden is definitely someone who could cause you guys problems, because I think he's good movement. And you've got some good physical center but his movement's good. And, and he's got that little bit of magic in him. I mean, I still don't know how he scored that goal against you at at the CBS. Well, I do, because your goalkeeper just stood there like a statue, but I still don't know how he put it in from where he was. But yeah, that, that's the thing, thing with him. He's very much that sort of player he is. He'll score some easy goals um, and then and then miss some sitters. And had you right I think will cause you guys problems because he's just got that little that turn of pace that Jokic had and he's deceptively quick. And if he gets space and runs with it, he's got he's got trouble against you. Yeah. I just think his finishing hasn't been the greatest, which I'm probably being after him because he's an international striker. I'm thinking he probably should do better. He had a good chance against Sunderland, which he should have really buried. Um and Sims did the same. Sims had a chance and he should have really buried. But i judge Wright slightly above Sims, which is probably harsh because we paid about the same money for both with the deals. But I think Wright because he's international, I, I would expect more from him. But yeah, and Ben Sheath is the other one who's really good. Obviously, he his performance second half against you guys at the CBS was superb and he kind of changed the game, really. And we need more goals from him now. Hamer's gone. We need him popping up in the box, scoring like he did, he did the equaliser against you guys. So, yeah, I think those are the three that I would single out. Casey Palmer's really good, but he's I think he's a bit of a show pony. It's, it's good tricks, but where's the end product? I'll probably say that, and I'll have a storm and set up three goals on Saturday. But yeah, uh, that's my thing with him. I just think, yeah, good little flicks, but where's the end product? You know, what I mean, I want, I want goals, I want assists. I don't want you back in and it twenty yards and straight into the path of somebody else. Doesn't mean anything. I want you to, you end product, and that's what I judge you on.
0: What what are Coventry's hopes for this season? And obviously you've um lost two big players, but you've 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 signed a lot of players and it's like you've built a decent squad now. Is it hopes off for another playoff position? Are you looking to go one further um to maybe get automatic? I know that's a massive ask with the teams that have gone down, but looking at your recruitment this year, you've you've really gone for it, I think. Um so what's your hopes for this season?
2: Um, if you'd asked me after Jokerez went, I'd have said I'd been happy top half. It came kind of when I think we've got a chance for top six if we keep Hamer. Now it's, I think it's down to who we replace Hamer. The ne- I think the remaining signings will be key because we yeah. definitely need another defender. We need, I'd probably say we need one or two midfielders at least. Um, and then we need O'Hare to come back and be back on form because he's going to be the difference maker i would absolutely love to do automatic promotion because as i said earlier i don't want to do the playoffs um (laughs) that is probably pie in the sky um but that's my dream to see us get promoted at the cbs we have qpr last game of the season so i would love that if we got automatics but it's such a crazy it's such a crazy league um that's just pipe dream i think if we finish anywhere near the playoffs its success. The new chairman said basically the target was playoffs free, free out the next five years, and we would hopefully get promoted one of those three times. So I think it's a very long-term project. All the new signings are pretty much on three, four-year deals. We've signed a lot of the new, the existing players onto long-term deals. So it's a long-term project. It's not going to be that we don't get promoted. Robbins is going to get sacked in the in the summer like you guys do. <laughs> Resist that unfortunately, but yeah, I think, um, I think, yeah, top half would be great. And I think we, if we carry the run on, we're not on that bad of run of form, we've lost, I think, two games in the last 13, and that was to Stoke and to Leicester, besides that in the league. So we're on a good run of form still. If we keep that going, then yeah, we'll be fine. But I think we kind of need to beat you guys to give it to just make it a decent start, whereas it's just an average start at the moment. I think eight points from the games we've had would be a good good return for us and keep us nice and in the mix. And we're only going to get better as the season gets on because the new players are going to get used to the style of play and hopefully get better and better with us.
1: Mm. And, and talking about the game on Saturday now, uh, last couple of questions. In terms of a Watford perspective, who do you look at on that squad list, the ever-changing squad list and the sort of brand-new squad list from Watford's perspective this season? Who are you looking at,
2: thinking? Oh, I don't quite fancy coming up against him. Uh, I like the centre half you've got. Is it Ryan Porteous? He's he's really good. Uh, he's an old fashioned centre half. Like him, would have loved yeah. him if we could have got him. as, like Dean's replacement. I think he's solid. But when I've seen him play for Scotland, he's always impressed me. Um, I do like the right back. Is it is it Andrews you've got, the young lad? Yeah, Ryan it's Andrews, Andrews. yes. Yeah. yeah, he made his debut yeah, against you the, last year at the CBS. Yeah. yeah. And I thought he did really well. And um, we obviously, I think the ex-coff player, Richard Shores, I think he's involved with your under twenty-one. I think. Or we know yeah. someone. To, and he said how highly rated he was. And Yeah. Yeah, you set up. Yeah, and he did a thing with um one of my colleagues on SkyboostFansTV, Fans TV, and they said they interviewed him, and he did say about Andrews and said, "Oh, well, he did not. I like, I like the look of him. I think he's a good player." Um, and then I'll be honest, I don't really know many of you attackers. Obviously, know Tom Ince, but he hasn't really been playing for you. Yeah. And um, I think is it Loser? was he the one who scored the second goal against us? Um, yeah, but yeah, I think he's um he's a bit hit hit and miss. Um, so yeah, they're they're the ones I would I would worry out, and I think Bayo's plays up front, but I, I don't really know is he that quick. I mean, I he's definitely not like Jao Pedro or Sa pace. Um, so yeah, I, I think it'll be it'll be interesting to see how we get on. But yeah, I think your best bet is probably the wide the wide two in your front two and your full-backs getting on. Obviously, I think you've got Samo at left back. He could possibly get behind. Milan a few times and maybe cause some problems for us, but yeah, I, I think um, Ishmael will, will have you well drilled and he tends to do all right against um, Koffi Side. But he brought West Brom to us, I think it was a couple of seasons ago, and he was under massive pressure in, and he, he beat us two one, and really it could have it could have been more. West Brom absolutely dominated us, and they, they were on about him getting sacked then, and he just got the team perfect against us. So yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say I'm too overly confident about. Him because he's just got a style of play that tends to upset us. Um, yeah, and, and we weren't great against long throws. So if you've got anyone who can throw a long throw in, yeah, that's been a bit of a kidney heel oh. for us for quite a while, especially if we don't have McFazdean. Yeah, Rex and and exploited us to the umpteenth degree with long throws in the FA Cup tie, which we made a total pig zero defending. So, yeah, you've got a long throw, it long throw specialist. Then McFazdean isn't fit, we're screwed. Get your money on. Yeah, off, no, I think you- I think you'll be you you'll
0: be quite surprised maybe how Watford have set up this weekend under Valerie Schmel. From a lot of people that we've heard from um Barnsley podcast, West Brom podcast, where it was very direct and physical. Watford are they they're, they're completely opposite. Um Valerie ishmael wants to keep um possession. Um he's um got an aggressive high press. Um and it's just it's not like the the direct football that you would expect with like a West Brom and the um Barnsley side. So I think you'll be a bit surprised. I know lots of pundits are very surprised with it. Um I was listening to a podcast earlier, but not the top twenty podcast, and they were saying on, on there like how how he's maybe gone away from the failure at West Brom, where the fans were saying how unattractive the football was, but now he's came to Watford and the OK, we've not had the results yet, but it's actually been attractive football and we just can't stick it in the back of the net. Um I think we've only scored, we haven't scored a goal for about, well, since the opening game of the season, Mike, is it? When we won 4-0 against QPR. 355
1: um, minutes or 320, yeah, something like that, yeah.
0: And then against Blackburn last weekend, we lost 1-0, but we we had about 65% possession. We had 24 shots, four shots on target. And our problem is we just can't put the ball in the back of the net. Um, So hopefully we just need something to go off someone's arse on the weekend and it can trickle past the goal. And hopefully we can... Um, keep a clean sheet because Watford as well we've conceded the least chances in Championship this season as well Um, probably the least amount of goals as well so it's yeah so I think you'll be surprised by how Watford um, show up this weekend Um, but then when we went to Stoke not so long ago it wasn't a pretty performance i think we're better at home than we are away from home but it should be an interesting game to say the least mike's traveling up to watch it and you've got tickets in the right so i imagine you're going to be there glenn as well
2: yeah i mean uh, block 23 so right down by the uh, the corner flag not by uh, the naughty corner that's by the away fans that get a bit rowdy so yeah i i, I like the nice the quiet sensible seats um yeah i tried the rowdy end once and then yeah but nana, a bit too noisy for me i'll sit Not in you. the nice sensible end but yeah it <laughs>
1: it'll
2: be uh it'll be a good atmosphere like i said it it's up. we we're pretty much at twenty five thousand consistently now which given how like i remember was playing in league two against Forest green when they bought fifty away fans and there was less than six thousand in the ground. We've come on, Matt. We've come on massively. um So yeah, it, it makes for a better atmosphere as well when the CBS is, is full. It looks a bit stupid when we had one end of the ground mm-hmm. half empty. So yeah, we've um, we've booked uh, the ideas up and yeah, we've got like a fan village outside now, and um, so you can buy beer and stuff. So it's it's just a lot more of a nicer nicer place now. At, Mike Ashley has actually done a good job with getting the CBS looking that it's a proper ground for once where. It was, yeah, it looked a bit like a shambles at times last year, unfortunately. But yeah, it's um, we're moving yeah. onwards and upwards, thankfully.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think Coventry's a lovely club. The ground's amazing as well. Um, I think when we played you last year, it, it was nearly a sellout as well because obviously you, you had a lot of momentum, you were pushing on for the playoffs, it was on sky as well. And you know, when games are always on sky as well, you think fans might not bother turning up and just watch at home. That wasn't the case with commentary fans. I think you, ne- you nearly pretty much sold out. And it was pissing down in the rain that day as well. I was absolutely soaked when I walked from the car park um, just off the motorway junction to um, the CBS Arena. I was absolutely soaked. and um, So I'm hoping the, the weather's a bit drier this weekend. But um, talking of um, the game this weekend, what would um, your
2: score prediction be? Um, I'll probably go. I don't think there'll be many goals. I take a scrappy one 0 now. Now on it, I, I, I don't. Looking at how we've been the last last few games, um, we've not been as creative without Hamer. So um, unless we sign a couple of star people, and yeah, the names that I'm hearing has be linked with, I take with a pinch of salt because it's turned into silly season. And um, a lot of people saying John Joe Shelby or. Um, it was at Lewis O'Brien and like names like that. And I'm like, yeah, i believe it. But that's the level of, of player we think we can get now. So, yeah, well, I'll, I'll take a scrappy 1-0. Yeah. But, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if it's a 0-0. It would not surprise me at the moment because I, I think we're just going through that stage where we just kind of need to get through to the international break, kind of do a bit more on the pitching, then come back afresh for the whole game. But yeah, I'll take a point. I just don't lose. That's the thing. I think the more points we pick, now, the better it is in the long term for us.
1: Mike,
0: what's your score prediction?
1: Uh I I I don't know. It's it's gonna be it's gonna to be tough, man. I mean, listening to Glenn talk about Carv, you know, you forget the the form that they're in. I mean, uh, you know, the, the runner form they're on at the moment. Uh and you know, they're a good side. they're not to be underestimated. I'm not just saying that, but you know, they they, they have sort of become that side that you don't want to face in the, the especially the, the last sort of season. You know, they beat us convincingly at the VIC. Yakoret scored that brilliant goal. Um, and then you know, we 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 completely ballsed it up when we went to their place. So um I, I obviously want to see us win. Um, I'm gonna be a bit optimistic. I'm gonna stick with my um my usual prediction that I've predicted so far every week, which is two-one to Watford. Um I, I think. Raiovic is going to get off the mark. I think he, he he needs to... Well, I don't want to say he needs to shake that monkey off his back because he's only played 40-odd minutes for us. But the way that some people are crucifying him, it's like he's played 10 games and still not scored. I can't believe I'm hearing people write off a striker that made his debut on Sunday and come on in the 52nd minute. And you've got people on Twitter saying that Ryavich is shit and he don't look comfortable. I'm like, the bloke, come on in the 52nd minute, man. You know, give him time. I've arrived
0: in 48 hours earlier.
1: <laughs> exactly. So, like, if, he's, if he's five, ten games in, he's still not scored, then yeah, you know, give him pelters. But not, not you know, however long, 40-odd minutes or whatever. So, I think he'll get off the mark. Um, but it's going to be a close game. I, I just don't want them to put me through what they did last time. Um, I mean, I'm I'm going down. I'm in Birmingham all weekend for a, a nice weekend on a on the alcohol. Let's say, and uh, that will really ruin a, ruin the spirits if uh, if I go to Cov and we we somehow fluff up a two nil lead again. But I'm going to go for a quietly confident two one win. But it's uh, it's going to be a close game. What about you, Ben? Um, well, it's it's always difficult
0: going to Cov, isn't it? Um, especially. After the last season, I think Watford. I think they thought they won it at half time, didn't they? And then five ten minutes into the second half, I was doing the lays because there was a couple of back heels or something. Then next minute we ball balling for the backline net, and then it was it was it was just a disaster, wasn't it? Um, but I'm going to be a bit optimistic as well. I'm going to go for a one nil Watford away win. I think with what we've seen this season under Vaudry, I, I think um, it's it's encouraging. The football's more attractive. I just think sooner or later we're gonna um We'll score a goal and, and hopefully <laughs> get the three points Um, so i'm going to go for a one nil away win i'm confident with our defense i think porteous and wesley Hoot have got a fantastic partnership and, and like glenn says that old school defenders as well um so I, I think we'll need that this weekend um and i'm going to go for a matthias martin's goal um he hit the woodwork twice last weekend yeah. against Blackburn. burn um, so i think this weekend will be his weekend um to to get on the score sheet. Uh, but, Glenn, um, we've got two more things quickly before we let you go. Um, f- what, who, who are your three teams to go up and your three teams to go down?
2: Uh, I think Huddersfield would definitely go down. Uh, mm. It wouldn't surprise me if Rotherham join them. And mm. Cardiff were the one I kind of looked at. Mm. Um well, I'm not sure because they've. got I think Sheffield Wednesday will actually look at it. If I was picking one, who is good is a toss up. I think it's Cardiff or Rotherham. I think Rotherham may well do a good, good bit of business. But yeah, I, I worry about any team that gets hammered like they did last night at Stoke, with Stoke's xG for chances being being worse than Wolverhampton. Mm. That kind of alarms me that you beat six one. So yeah, um, I, I think they would be the three in terms of three to go up. I'm going to say Cardiff because that would be. I would love that. Um, I'm not sure about Leeds. Leeds depends who they sign. I I had this thing about Leeds that could do another Watford or West Brom-like in the past. But then I think they've got some good players, but then they should have never got beat last night, yesterday against Salford. They should be wiping the floor with them. And they're doing some weird loans out, which baffles me. Um, I don't see the hype with Sunderland. I don't see the hype with Middlesbrough. So I would go Southampton, and I would Norwich really interested me, but they've lost Sergeant. I think he's a big play for him, so I'll probably go Southampton, Carve, and then I I think it's a you pick your hat out. You guys, Watford, it, it could be anyone, but if you want to pin me down to someone, I will go for. I'm going to say Norwich just to be interesting. Yeah, they've surprised me the last couple of weeks and seeing how
0: comfortable and convincing they've been with some of their wins. Um, I know Huddersfield haven't been great in there, like you've predicted them, they might go down this season, but I think a 4-0 away from home anywhere in the championship is quite convincing, even if it's against Huddersfield town. Um, So I wouldn't be surprised if they are up there. Um, I think they've recruited really well with good experienced players as well. I think Adam Forshaw. um, in the last couple of days from Leeds is fantastic as well and I can't stand the guy in Ashley Barnes but he's the kind of uh, experience you need up top who's going to unrattle the opposition and the opposition fans um, and it just depends how how long Sergeant's going to be out for as well it d- did look like a bit of a nasty um, injury when he, he scored that goal um, but yeah just finally get Glenn before we let you go Thank you for joining us tonight and sorry it's taken maybe a little bit longer than we anticipated um what we did last season is we we played a little game um with the opposition fan um, and it's um, played for both so basically i'm just going to ask you to see how many Players you can name that have represented Watford and Coventry during their careers, um, but we're also going to do a league table with all the opposition fans that we've had on the podcast this year, and we're starting it fresh with you tonight. Um, so we've actually missed four fans already this season, but we're going to catch up with those in the reverse fixture. So you, you, you're starting the table. So it's say if you get three players right that you can name we'll put you on the leaderboard and you'll be sitting top of the tree with three, um, and we'll put your name on it. And then at the end of the season, we'll let everyone know who's came top. Just a bit of fun. Um, so thinking of who play, who have played for Watford and commentary during, um, their careers, is any spring to your mind? How, how many do you reckon you can name?
2: I'm 12. I know one definitely. I know John Eustace, because obviously I remember, remember him. Um, marlon king
1: oh I forgot about
2: yeah AD, 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 yeah AD, ad Bufroyd um links um I'm trying to think i'm trying to think if beautiful bought anyone else who's ex-watford into us um I'm trying to think now who's paid um, i had to look earlier, and i found
0: we've never been in the first. same league yeah
2: Thing. That's it. It's difficult, isn't it? Marlon King, Marlon King John Eustace. I'm trying to think. <laughs> I'm going to kick myself when you say some of the names, because I will do. Uh, Marlon King, John no. Eustace. I don't think it's anyone recently. You guys have had... Um... Now nah, I'm 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 going to no. swear when you say some of the names because they'll they'll come to me. Um <laughs> no yeah. I don't, I don't um, think Richard Shaw's like Richard Shaw's Richard Shaw's on your coaching stuff, but he hasn't played for you. Um, yeah. and I'm struggling goalkeeper wise to think of anyone who's played. You're for still sitting top of
1: the leaderboard with two though, so you can, can take that way. It, it's a good three. start
2: to a season. I, can, I'll have, a, I'll have two, a think. I'll have a think when I come back it, on. And try and think
0: uh, about, yeah, um, it, it, it could. Yeah, yeah well, well, you you would have time to do research for that next time. So we'll, we'll have to make up another category quickly for you to throw <laughs> right under the bus. And yeah. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, two. It's a good start, Mike, isn't it? it, it it's it's two more than.
1: I oh, oh, yeah. I, I completely yeah. forgot about Marlon King, and I, I'm I'm gutted at that. You know, King was was class for us, and he was good at cover as well, to my uh, to my recollection. Um. One which I'm surprised you didn't go for um, he's currently Wales manager Rob Page.
2: Yeah, true. I
1: forgot about him. Yeah, well, I'll I was thinking,
2: I was trying list, to but... think, I knew there was one going back that far. That's what I well say. I was thinking, I knew there was one around the 2000 era, and I was just thinking, but well, yeah, I forgot, I forgot about him. But yeah, they infamous for the Michael Doyle spat, where he literally splattered Michael Doyle's teeth all over. Him the <laughs> training ground in a scuffle so yeah that was a good one so so, so yeah
0: uh, more du- just... yeah so earlier during the day at work it was a little bit boring so i managed to have actually a, a bit of time to, to do a bit of research for this um so i've managed to find 12 players that have played really? for both watford and commentary going back to um the 2000s um so the first one was marvin sawdell um, played 20 games to commentary, scoring four goals. The um, one who's probably most recent, and you might be kicking yourself a little bit about it, is Brendan Mason.
2: Yeah, I forgot about him, yeah, because um, he, come, he come to us from you and, yeah, he, uh, he did quite well. And then he um, just got totally bombed out. Um, I'm thinking last time he was at Crawley Town or somewhere. and yeah, we yeah, should have got he had, him. He had a little definition. Well, I used didn't to sponsor it? him as well, which is even worse. I used to sponsor him. I sponsored his <laughs> kit. That's the worst thing. Oh, I wow. totally it. <laughs> oh dear. Who
0: who've you sponsored this year?
2: <laughs> uh I haven't haven't actually sponsored anyone this year, but yeah, we did like a syndicate thing. We called it like the class of 87. seven. was about thirty of us in it. And we just sponsored a, a player, three players, I think two seasons in a row. But yeah, it was quite funny because we had Mason and then the following year, I can't remember whoever we had left, and then we had David Myler and he got injured and played <laughs> what, three games for golf. But yeah, that was that was a good spot. I can't remember who we had before. We had someone who left anyway. So yeah, it wasn't the bestest thing, so we Brilliant. knocked it on the head.
0: <laughs> so the remaining players are Darius Henderson, that actually played five games for Coventry.
2: Um, Jordan Stewart uh, uh, played yeah, six games. Awful. That's probably why I didn't remember it. <laughs> uh,
0: Paul Furlong played 37 games.
2: Yeah, it was just it was just before my time as a golf fan. But yeah, I forgot. I forgot. should remember that. You've actually signed someone from Watford directly
0: on a loan. Uh, we had a youngster by the name of Michael Falevi. He actually joined you and played only one game for
1: you.
2: (laughs) And and he's got Uh, a checker Checker trade trophy winning medal. Oh, yeah, he has. Uh, There's a video of him at Wembley with with his medal. Yeah, I should have got him because he played in the checker trade semi final. We lost, we signed him. Yeah. Reese Brown. Uh a him. I didn't know he was at Watford. Yeah, I never got him. Yeah, we had him
0: online for Manchester United just after you had
2: him. And then
0: the last one was Wayne Andrews, um 10 games. And that's quite funny actually, with you talking about Andrews for um us, that's actually Wayne Andrews' son.
1: Yeah. How oh, is it? Ah
0: yeah up. so we, we we had his dad play for us and then yeah now his sons came through the academy and he, he he's one of the people you, you you said you might be looking out for this weekend so yeah he started his what the career very well and then one player who, who have signed for both clubs but he's never actually kicked the ball for commentary was al bangora um he actually signed for you but then for personal reasons left after a couple of weeks later um so yeah, he, he played many games for Watford. Signed for Coventry later on, and just yeah, never never played a game. Um, but yeah, like no, t- t- two um, two um, names you you managed to list. Um, are you a bit gutted after hearing some of those names. I,
2: sh- I should have got Falvey. As I said, Falvey. There's there's a video. Uh, at the end at Wembley of him running around like he's won the World Cup and the guy never <laughs> kicked a ball for us. I think he's literally, his, his, his last appearance was the last game of the season when we were already relegated. He came and so never kicked a ball for us. He was, I think Slade signed him. I don't know why we brought him in because, yeah. but Yeah, he, he always comes up and like, you see his name scoring goals. and like, yeah, I remember him because he literally never, never kicked a, kicked a ball for us. And I think Wayne Andrews, Scored with his first touch away at Barnsley, and that was the only Cov goal. He scored, he come on a sub. Got Mickey Adams, got stick for bringing him on, and then he scored with his first touch. So Mickey Adams just threw around to the fans and and then uh, made a point of it in his post match uh, press of digging the fans out for telling him that he didn't know what he was doing. So, yeah, they he always do that happen. as
1: well because Ryan's <laughs> got this annoying knack of when he gets the ball on the edge of the box because he, he presses quite high. He'll take a touch and I can't remember what game it was. He had two chances where if he just hit it first time, it'd it, it have tested the keeper and it may have gone in. So hopefully Wayne's watching uh, watching his performances back and telling him about that goal for, uh, goal for Coventry because it's bloody frustrating when, uh, when you see Ryan do it for Watford, taking a touch. I'm thinking, just fucking hit it. But yeah he's a professional footballer i'm not so maybe he's got the last laugh
0: ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic well anyway thank you glenn so much for joining us tonight um sorry to keep you a little bit longer than anticipated really enjoyed That's talking all, right. all things coventry city with you um so yeah you are sitting at top of the voices of the Vic leaderboard <laughs> for played for both with a solid two um so i'm going to create a graphic tomorrow and then we'll keep adding to it for the season and we'll we'll let you know maybe for a reverse your whereabouts you are in the table and, and we'll see if we'll create another category and maybe you can move up the table again uh, but yeah thank you for joining us glenn i really appreciate it
2: thank you guys all the best for the rest of the season Bye on saturday anyway <laughs> yeah <boring>. likewise mate <laughs> thank you very much <laughs>
0: I oh, like that was a good old chat, wasn't it? All things commentary, City, Glenn's the top lad. Um, what, so We kind of had a little chat earlier about what we're kind of expecting out of it um, with Coventry on Saturday. Has mm. your thoughts changed a little bit after speaking to Glenn?
1: Yeah, of course. Look, you know, we mentioned the, the, the run of form they're on. Lost two in the last, what, 17, I think he said. You know, that's a good bloody run of form. And, mm. but, but a little part of me can't help but think they've lost two big players but then again, it's deja vu because we were sat here last week. I was sat here with Cam last week talking to Ryan, uh, the Blackburn fan, and they've lost two big players in Brereton-Diaz and uh, Bradley Duck. And look, they they had smash and grab 1-0. But at the end of the day, if we keep playing the way that we do, goals will come. I, I've no doubt about it. Uh, we've had 55 shots um, since our last, our last goal, I think, think someone put that stat out um so it's it's bound to to go in one of these days and listen we keep playing the way that we are and we're going to get results end of there's no need to panic yet uh transfer deadline days on friday so that's going to be interesting um you know i'm sure we'll be popping out tweets left front and center and we'll sort of all be busy in our own right sort of checking the news and it'll be interesting to see who comes in Um, but no, I'm I'm looking looking forward to, to going to Cov. Cov's one of my favourite away days. Um I uh, I remember going once and we won four nil. I think it was the last game of the season. I'm sure it was. And we wore the black kit with red shorts. Uh I'm not sure if that was a 4 0, but I've been quite a few times. Um I've been when I think Raziak scored as well and we won three two. Um so I've got some good memories at the Recub. I still call it the Rico, but a couple of times you call it the yeah. CBS and it's thrown me off. I'm like, what's he on about? But that is the proper name for it. So, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to the game. And uh, yeah, Glenn was a top lad. Sounded like he was a fellow Brummy as well. So hopefully you don't come off the uh, the, the live tonight speaking Brummie to your missus.
0: Like every time i speak to you i come away talking like i'm from birmingham so yeah don't worry about it especially when we had that week weekend um was it long weekend away in barcelona i've never came back with a more brummy accent than i did that weekend just being with you for about four days straight um but yeah no, that was that was quality Um i've just realized as well and it's taken me well over an hour to realize because we've been recording for that long that we're actually wearing a home and away shirt for the same season on the screen at the moment
1: <laughs> no, this is from last season. Oh, is it? Yeah, this is last season. Um yeah, uh, no, that call it wrong
0: season.
1: Then. Yeah. Was it the red the red was the away shirt when I've got this um the red one and the green one, and I was gonna wear the green one tonight. Um but I opted against it. I'm trying to keep it um different every time I come on. I've got loads of Watford shirts, but yeah um yeah uh, this is last seasons away one one of my favorites famous me. Yeah, it's the only time I get to wear a Watford shirt
0: other than a, a match day when I go to a game. Um, and because I've got so many of them, and I just don't want them to just sit there hanging on, on the hanger collecting dust. I'm just like, I'll just wear a different Watford shirt each week for whenever we do a podcast. So at least I'm getting a few wears out of them. But yeah, I guess we better wrap it up there, mate. Um, thoroughly enjoyed chatting to you as, as per um, and doing another preview. And Thank you for everyone watching tonight on our YouTube page. Um as we've mentioned before, we will just be doing all our content on YouTube um, live now instead of doing Facebook live. Um, and then once it's all recorded, we'll be uploading onto all the platforms, the, like. Um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, Google, wherever you get it from, an audio um, platform, it'll be on there. Um, so yeah, going forward, it'll just be YouTube and all the other platforms. We won't be doing um, Facebook. So if you do normally watch on Facebook and you've, you've just seen us on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button and the little bell in the corner as well, which will notify you every time we go live. Um, so if you like this video as well, hit that like button. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and me... Well, not me, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm not actually watching the game this weekend, it's my daughter's third birthday party, and um, so I've got a good excuse to miss it this week. Um, so Mike will be back at the weekend doing a review, he's also doing a match day vlog as well. So there'll be double content for you guys this weekend, and then I'll probably be back in a couple of weeks' time. Um, but yes, yeah, stay safe, everyone, and come on.
1: We'll oh, oh, Network.